this morning. So if you have your Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm going to be very deliberate uh, because there's a lot to cover um, this morning, and I just want to leave some impartation, amen? I don't want to go any further than the Spirit wants to go, but I don't want to leave you, you know, um, not getting full today, all right? And um, so I'll be deliberate as much as I can. Uh, Pastor Mike is ministering down for us in St. Augustine. So if he and I finish at the same time, that'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> Amen. Um, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting in verses 4 through 5, it says this, And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. Okay? Um, um, then it goes in verse 5, it says, So that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Amen? And so we see here, Paul, when he went around ministering uh, the gospel of the kingdom, he um, didn't just do things to try to convince people to believe what he was saying. There was a demonstration that took place, a thing that confirmed what was taking place or what he was communicating. It was a visual of uh, this unseen realm manifesting uh, when he would go out and minister. And um, as we begin to see this, uh, this year down in St. Augustine, we really got in our spirit, man, that this year or this season, would be a better way to put it, is a season of demonstration. Okay, and if it affects St. Augustine, it affects Valdosta. Now, we are in different seasons as far as the church is concerned. You know, uh, St. Augustine or Valdosta is younger in, in its development right now, just in years, uh, than we are. We'll celebrate our 10-year anniversary this April, and I want to encourage you for April the 7th through the 11th to come down for the Full Force Kingdom Conference down there that your pastor is going to be ministering at, and it'll be a powerful time. It'll be a powerful time of other Yes, ministers. But demonstrations are something that follow the preaching of the kingdom of God because God wants to manifest himself in the earth. Amen. Amen. And so there is a reason why things are being said. Paul says, I don't want you to, to base your uh, faith on just mere words alone, but on the power of God, not on the wisdom of men, but on what God is actually doing. And his spirit is what's taking this thing through. Amen. And so if you go to Jeremiah chapter 29 and 11, uh, I'm going to run through a few scriptures just to show you some things concerning Jesus himself. The Lord says, for I know the plans that I have for you. All right. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you hope and a future. Now, this is the New Living Translation, all right? And it says, He knows the plans that He has for you. They're good plans, not for disaster. They give you a future and a hope. So when you get over to Proverbs chapter 16, verses 3 and 4, and I'll just run through these things because it's a good foundation and you yourself can begin to, you know, go back and meditate on these things. But it says, commit your works to the Lord. Amen? Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. And your plans will be established. Verse 4 says, the Lord has made everything in its own purpose. The reason why Paul is able to get out and do what he is is because he was apprehended on the road to Damascus. See, he had a plan for his life. His plan was is to be able to uh, elevate himself as a Pharisee, and he was well above his contemporaries. I mean, he was smarter than all of them. He understood the law better than any of them. I mean, he was articulate. He was well above his contemporaries. But on the road to Damascus, as he's persecuting the, the way or the kingdom of God or Jesus Christ's message, uh, 
um, to the Jewish nation, to the nation of Israel. Um, he's apprehended by God. A bright light shows up. And all of a sudden he realizes this is God. So he says, who are you, Lord? And he says, I'm Jesus, the one whom you are persecuting. Why do you kick against the goads? And from there, he laid down his life for this man named Jesus. And he never turned back. He said, I ha uh, he says, there's one thing I've learned. He said, I forget what lies behind, but I press on to what's before. And that pressing on is I want to apprehend that which I was apprehended, which means I thought I knew what was going on in life. Then God showed up. And when God showed up, then he began to say, here's your purpose. You know, people struggle with what their purpose is. They struggle with what are they supposed to do in life? What's their identity? What are they supposed to accomplish? And I'm telling you, in Christ, you can find out. And when you find out, listen, he knows the plans he has for you. They are not. They are for good and not for disaster. They are to have a hope and a future. God has greatness coming up out the uh, uh, inside of you and wants to deposit it on the planet. Amen. He wants to deposit. That's why he's raising up his church. You know, Pastor Mark, I know, is going through a series here on Jesus's church. It's the church he's building. He's leaving a church here in the plant that he'll come back for. Amen. And it may have some different names that we call it, you know, so it can be identified in a community. But it'd be make no mistake about it. There will be unity among those churches because they do it God's way, not their way, because man can't build God's church. He never delegated it to man. He takes personal responsibility to build it, and he assigns people in the body where it pleases him. See, this is why you're here. You're not here by accident. You're not here just because you decided to show up. There's really more of a leading of the Spirit going on, and you may not be aware of that, but it is. And as you connect with the Spirit of God, then the next thing you know, your purpose starts to come out. And as you manifest your purpose, then your purpose draws people. And the next thing you know, there can't be empty seats around people of purpose. You draw in people. Uh, I had an Elevate orientation class that I did um, down um, Saturday because uh, Pastor Angie's birthday was Saturday. So I did the greeters for her so her and her husband and family could spend some time together. And so uh, as I was meeting with this couple that's going to be on our greeter team, um, they said this. It says, we've been in churches. In fact, this gentleman has uh, gone to the same school that I did, Rama, and um, his wife passed away in, in 2000. He remarried in 2007. He says, you know, I've been connected to churches. He said, but man, when I came here, he said, I thought I was coming to St. Augustine, you know, for this house that God put together for me to purchase. But I knew we needed a church. He wouldn't send us somewhere without a church. So we were going, and his wife said, you know, I was looking for a place that had good music, you know, and there were some places that I really enjoy the music. But when we came here, not that the music's not good, because it is, but it's the word that's being preached. I'm being challenged. He, he said, every time that you get up, you're talking about your purpose, that God will pull it out of you. That God, He said, and I see everybody trying to do that. And I'm telling you, as a result of that, we grow as a church because people are passionate about God's plan for their lives. See, you want to commit your works, as, as again, uh, Proverbs 16, 3 said, commit your works to the Lord because your plans will be established. You understand God's doing his thing, not your thing. And he's trying to get you into his thing. Now, you can do your own thing. And the Bible tells you that it says this, that says there's a way that seems right to man, but then the end lies death. You don't want to get to the end of your life and be broke. Meaning, I'm not talking financial broke, I'm talking broke in God. You want to be able to stand before the King of glory, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ himself, and he say, man, you did exactly what I purposed in your heart to do. The desires I gave you, 
not your own personal desires. Don't take that scripture out of context. God will give you the desires of your heart like you put them in there. You can't put them in. God puts them in. Amen. So don't put some desire in that isn't God's desire and expect God to do what you want. We are to line ourselves up with him because his ways are higher than our ways. His thinking is higher than our thinking. And But we can raise up to it. Amen. You understand, we are a standard in Christ. I was reading a bumper sticker as I went to um, the outlet malls or, or um, what is that? The town center. My daughter turned 20 um, this past Friday or this Friday. And um, as we were going there, I saw this bumper sticker advertising for a church and it said imperfect. OK, imperfect. Uh, then you'll then you'll feel right at home with us. Now, I understand what they're doing. They're trying to identify. But this is what struck me at this point. People in the world already believe there's a standard that should be higher in the church. And the church is trying to market a lower standard just to get them. You see what I'm saying? No, let's just go ahead and do God. Because God's well able to bring them to that level. Amen. You know, Christ didn't come down to our level. He just wrapped himself in a skin suit. Don't mistake in that. Don't think because God left heaven and became a man that he came down to our levels. He did not. He became God in a, the skin suit. And that man was perfect, spotless, without blame or wrinkle and operated by the spirit of God in this earth. He fulfilled the plan of God. And if he did it and he's our Lord, then we ought to be able to do it. And we can since his spirit lives in us. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, so go over to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 43, it says, But he said to them, I must preach, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. Now, this is Jesus talking. Jesus' life is built around this purpose. Again, we open the scripture up saying, Paul said, look, I didn't come with you with persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstrations of the spirit. In essence, I'm modeling Jesus. First Corinthians 11 one says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So he's saying something that I'm in an imitation of my Lord and Savior. So Jesus came in a plan and a purpose. He said, I must go preach. I must preach the gospel, this kingdom of God to other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose, Jesus was sent to the planet. He did not want to come on his own. He had to come because the father said, go. When the father said, go, he was in total obedience to that. And the word became flesh. Hallelujah. And so he is he is absolutely passionate about the purpose and plan of the father for his life while he's on the planet. So from there, we go to John chapter 12, verse 27. It says this. It says, Now my soul has become troubled, for what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Now he's in the garden at this point. He knows he's fixing to go up before the Pharisees. They're fixing to try him. He's going to be crucified. He's going to die on a cross. And here he is at this point saying, You know what? I realize I'm fixing to be separated from the Father. I'm fixing to go through a, an absolute physical beating that they're not even going to be, be able to tell that I'm a man at this point. Because he understands the prophecies about him. Of the Old Testament. You understand, when he first, when he went to the synagogue one day in John chapter 4, or Luke chapter 4, they gave him the writings of Isaiah. And that writing was, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Amen? And he says, this scripture is fulfilled. Well, a few chapters before that was the chapter that says that he was stricken. He knew that was him. He knew that, that the chastisement of man was put on him. He knew that event was going to take place. 
And everything in his humanity at this point is thinking, now, man, if there's any other way that we can redeem humanity, Father, let something else happen, but not my will, your will be done. Why was he had that heart right here? But for this purpose, I came to this hour. For this purpose. Because if I don't lay my life down, then no one is going to be able to be in me and be born again and have a relationship with the Father. If I don't do this, is why I've been sent. You see, passionate about his purpose. First John 3, 8 says this. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. So he understood his plan, his purpose. Why? And because he operated in his plan and purpose, guess what? There were demonstrations of the Spirit. Jesus would speak to the lepers and they'd be healed. He'd talk to winds and waves and it would obey. He'd curse a fig tree and it would die. I mean, whatever he spoke, it manifested. It was a demonstration of the Spirit because Jesus himself didn't go around preaching until he was baptized in the Jordan River, raised up out of that uh, water by John the Baptist, and then the heavens opened up and it says the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove and the Father said, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. And he received the Spirit without measure. Jesus, who does not know sin, he's the perfect child. Never blown it, yet he will not minister without the Holy Spirit. He won't do it. Because he understands there can be no demonstrations outside the Spirit. Amen. And if we are going to be a witness for God in the earth, then we need to have the same Spirit that he has. We need to be endued with power just like him. Amen. This is why he could overcome obstacles. This is why he could overcome adversity. This is why he could be pulled, carted away, and they could beat on him. And they could put a crown of thorns on his head. And they could strip him of his clothes. And they could whip his back. And he could carry his own cross. And he could be nailed to a cross because the power of the Spirit. He could demonstrate God's love. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Yet he understood this. I may physically die, but it's only because I'm giving up my life. Because on the third day, amen, come on now, on the third day, someone went to get Jesus. Jesus says, you can't kill me, Pilate. You can't kill me. He said, it's only if it was authorized you. He said, I'll lay down my life and I have lay down my life and I have the authority to take it back up. Now, notice this. He had the authority in the word, but he didn't have the power outside the spirit. Jesus didn't raise himself up. Someone came and got him. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Jesus is waiting till the third day when the Holy Spirit says, it's time to leave. Go ahead and get everybody that's in faith had died before and was believing for this day. We'll take them out of here with us. Hallelujah. And then from there, he ends up going on up to heaven and pouring out his blood on the mercy seat, paying the penalty once and for all. Now, think about this. How was Jesus's attitude during the time of all this stuff going on? What was he thinking? How did he respond? Again, he has emptied himself of his glory. He's become uh, all man, yet still all God in the spirit realm. 
Yet, he has to operate like a man in the earth, being led by the Spirit. Okay? Now, look at this in Hebrews. In Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, look at this. Fixing our eyes on whom? Jesus, the author and perfecter or finisher of faith. For who? For the what? For the what? What is it? What is it? Joy set before him endured. Jesus was happy, happy. Happy. He was smiling. Especially on the end. Now, I'm going to tell you, it didn't feel good to get beat. It didn't feel good to see his disciples not obey him at his word. It didn't feel good that when they didn't respond to um, uh, his teachings and not grasping his teachings. You know, he's made a couple of statements. You know, how much longer must I suffer with thee? You understand, he had some emotions of anger when he went into the house that is a house of prayer. And he's turning over tables, you understand, and he pulls out a whip. Now, can you imagine that if Jesus came into some churches today? People would say that's not Jesus, yet that is Jesus. And notice this, Jesus is love. So that was an expression of love. A lot of times we see people mad. We think, oh, well, there's no love there. You know, uh, you know, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Sure, you can be slow to wrath, but it doesn't mean that wrath isn't coming because wrath's coming on the earth. There will be a judgment time. The Lord will pour out his wrath and it will be in love. It will be in love. So Jesus is full of the zeal of God. He goes in this synagogue. He starts flipping over tables. He grabs a whip and he starts whipping. Get out. Get up out of here. Get up out. You know what? None of this. Now, y'all need to leave. I love you. Go on out of here. Come on. Don't, 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 make, me, don't make me pop this whip. Don't make me pop it. I, I will turn this table over. I will. Here, look. You see that? Now, I'm mad. Nah, no, it was different. And it was in love. Because he was a man who knew no sin, yet became our sin. So for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So notice this, that there's a joy that comes when you are full of the Spirit of God and are doing your purpose. Ten years in April, when we started Anchor Faith Church in uh, St. Augustine, Pastor Mark said, I've seen them go through some things. He's right. He has seen us, been there, walked right through it when other leaders had failed and different things take place. But you understand, I'm more excited about the church today than I've ever been. I'm more excited about what God's doing than I've ever been. You know, I went and met with another pastor and we were talking about uh, Valdosta and they go, man, y'all are doing it. Amen. God's doing it. He is doing it. He's multiplying us. And I'm thinking, where's the next Anchor Faith Church? Because there's, I tell you right now, there are two or three couples right now in St. Augustine that they will plant an Anchor Faith Church and be somewhere else. And this thing's expanding, and you're a part of it. You're a part of it. We're pioneers in this deal of what God's doing. And I didn't even realize that. I was just going to St. Augustine to ignite a city, impact the nation, influence the world, and didn't understand all of what that was. But it's something, and it's turned into more as I've been submitted to God, and this is an outflow of that. You know, this space can't contain you guys. I'm telling you, it can't contain you. In fact, I'll just be honest with you. Before I came, I was looking for a building for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, we were driving down, you know, and looking at some place. I'm thinking, yeah, well, they could do something there. And I, I haven't talked to Pastor Mark. I know that he's, you know, we've we've had some conversations in the past, and I'm not sure exactly where he feels that the Lord is directing you to go as a church, but I'm convinced y'all can't stay here. I already know that. So preparation has to come for the change, for the transition. Amen. So, Pastor, we could put people here still. That's irrelevant. We're way beyond the people in this church. We're way beyond that. Amen. Because the eye of faith sees way beyond this. It's just a matter of time. I mean, you farmers, y'all know, man, you but when you plant and you're getting ready, you know that there's a harvest time coming. And, you know, it's just a matter of time before it's time to be out in the field, sun up to sundown. So you enjoy this little bit of season while the tree's doing what it's doing. Come on, pecan farmer. You know what I'm saying? While the tree's doing what it's doing, you're enjoying this right now. And thinking I get to sleep with it because when the harvest comes, buddy, it's, it's sun up to sundown, and we even know how to turn lights on at night to shake trees. Right? Why? Because we got to get them off the tree because that's money, baby. That's things to advance the kingdom. That's thing to sustain me, but also to advance this kingdom. So you're already planning months ahead for a season to come in preparation for something. You got to see this place the same way. So you're always thinking, how, where are we going to go next? What's going to take place? How are we going to, do we rent another place? Do we to go somewhere else? Do we end up buying? Whatever the case may be. Why? Because you've got a purpose. And you're going to move forward because you're going to advance this thing. And when you are in the purpose and the assignment of God, there's a joy about you. There's an excitement about what's going on because God has personally handpicked you to come together with other people and accomplish something greater than yourself. Wow, how powerful is that? Isaiah 46, verses um, uh, 9 and 10 says this. Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. You know what gets God happy? What gets God happy is when you're doing what he's called you to do. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, not everybody's called to the five-fold ministry. But people are called to do things. Amen. People are called to do things. There's an outflow where you work at. You have massive influence. Do you understand? You get paid to talk to people about your king. That's really what you're doing. You know, we talk about like missionaries. They go around, raise up support so they can go to another part of the world and tell people about Jesus. Do you understand? Your job is not to give you money so you can pay your house and your car. That job is actually paying you to influence all the people that aren't in the kingdom yet. And a byproduct is they just happen to pay you that can take care of the rest of your stuff. Because your first focus is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things everybody else is doing be added to you. Be added. See, Jesus didn't lack anything, had no lack whatsoever. And I have no idea how people can preach Jesus poor. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he had so much flowing through him that his treasure could embezzle money. You can't embezzle money off five dollars. Well, how much we get five? Well, how much we got left? Well, we have three. Well, what happened with the other? You understand that. But when things are being given 
And then you're giving stuff away because Jesus was constantly giving stuff away. Not only materially did he do this, but he also did it supernaturally as well. Why? To show the love of God and that resources are available to those that are called. Let's look at this right here. In Romans chapter 8, verse 28, this is powerful. Look at this. And we know, say, I know. And we know that God causes all things to work together for what? Good to those who love God. But not just stopping there. Because this sentence is still going on. There's still additional conditions. People a lot of times like to quote that. They get in a little bit of trouble and they go, Oh, you, well, I know God will work all things together for the good. And they'll stop there. They don't even condition, are they in, uh, do they love God? But we'll give them the love God part. But then he goes on and says, To those who are called according to... Whose? Whose? His, not mine. I'm telling you, if I could get out of this thing, I probably would have a long time ago. If I could have. I mean, honestly... I could totally go to an island down in the Caribbean, a private one, you know, and just be me and Pastor Marcy. We'd be like Adam and Eve, you know. I'd be the third Adam. She'd be the second Eve in that sense, because Jesus is the last Adam, actually. But, you know, I, I would love to create a Garden of Eden. You know, I mean, we may not get along all the time. You know, but we'll work through that deal. I love God. She loves God. So we'll work through that. And, you know, I don't have to be concerned about anybody else. But we're not called like that. There's a world to change. Amen. And so because I, if I did that, you know what's going to happen? She or I going to get sick. We're probably going to die down there. We probably end up getting a divorce on an island. Yeah. Then we become single people since we're the only two there. Right? And she won't want to go out with me at all because she hates me. I mean, this is without the love of God. Outside of God's purpose, everything falls apart. That's what I'm saying. A lot of times people, well, you know, the Lord's saying for me to do this. And when really they're just getting out of their purpose and their life becomes an absolute shamble. But see, God will cause all things to work together for the good for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Do you understand Anchor Faith Church has a purpose? We have a purpose to ignite the city, impact the nation, influence the world. And you understand, you're individuals within this vision. We have a purpose, and our purpose is to anchor people in the Word that they may live a life of dominion on earth through the kingdom by faith. That's the purpose of Anchor Faith Church. Because while I'm on the planet, I might as well demonstrate the kingdom. Because ultimately, even if I live past the time Jesus would return... When he does return, his kingdom's going to physically manifest on the planet. The only thing that's going to be left is his kingdom. Yet we can operate in it today. We have a mission at Anchor Faith. And our mission is to minister to people, spirit, soul, and body, to establish a word church that will equip and empower people to impact their community and their world. Ours is a family-oriented church that facilitates the needs of every age group through church services and outreach ministries to the community. This is what you do. And you have to start somewhere. Amen. I was encouraged to hear about the current, that they did their first service, had three teenagers, and the second service had eight. That's increase. Amen. You just get jacked about everything. You understand? I was, I'm excited. If there's an opportunity for uh, excitement, I'm looking for it. See, I'm not a pessimistic or a negative person. I'm always finding the positive somewhere. Why? Because God's positive. 
Amen. And I tell you, even if it doesn't look like you have a lot, I know God's doing something behind the scenes that I can't see. Because I'm going to tell you, Brent cannot get up there and look at those pecans and say, you know, I'm really disappointed that you're not producing faster this season. That it's in them to produce. And there's a work they're doing that's independent of him, but it will require him later on to maximize. So they may be down there saying, just keep feeding me whatever little extra he put in the soil to help, you know, raise them up so they'll be, you know, he can understand scientifically what God actually did. You know, be on, be on guard for any type of um, um, uh, pests that would try to come in and try to destroy the crop. You know, he talked to them things, curse them, command them to die. Because he has authority in his words. Amen. Because if he's operating in God's purpose and plan, then God's obligated to cause it to come to pass. Amen. Luke chapter 17. Look at this. Luke chapter 17. Now we're going to kind of get personal. Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Okay? Neither shall they say, behold here or behold there, for lo, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is in your midst. What he's saying is signs being observed, meaning you're not going to say, oh, look at that hill. Look, they're putting together a foundation. Oh, look, they're building a castle. That's what he was saying. You're not going to physically see the kingdom that's not it. That's not because they're looking. Jesus, when are you going to establish your kingdom? When, when are you going to manifest this king? When are you going to rule and reign over us? When are you? Because you understand, you've got to think back as a first century Jew, not as a, a democratic American. Okay? You've got to understand the context that the Bible's in. And they're looking, when are you going to sit on your, when are we going to see you coming to your kingdom? He says, you're not going to see it through observation. You're not going to see me building this thing that way. It's a spirit thing right now. I'm taking authority back over from the one who stole the authority. And I'm giving man access to me again by the Spirit. Because I've got to find their allegiance to me. They've got to be loyal to me without seeing. They've got to become loyal to me through my word only. Because that's the only race of people that will remain with me forever. See, you can be loyal when you are literally seeing the physical benefits of everything. It's different when you're having to believe for a benefit and then it manifests. You participate in it. And you understand, God's called us to a purpose to do something great. God's Word says this this way. The Pharisees asked Jesus when the kingdom of God would come. He answered, people can't observe the coming of the kingdom of God. They can't say, here it is, there it is, and see it. The kingdom of God dwells within you. Uh, the, uh, God's New Testament says it this way. Because the kingdom of God is within you. Amplified says it this way. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you, in your hearts, and among you, surrounding you. So here's the thing. From the day Jesus manifests on the planet, I want you to understand, His kingdom always advances by the Spirit. Anymore, we have to become proficient at following the voice of the Spirit of God. I'm telling you, you have to take off this thought process. It's just good enough for me to be born again. Being born again was a start. You understand? I could say, well, you know what? I started Anchor Faith Church. I'm done. I'm going on. And it could die. Because I leave my purpose, my fit, the assignment that I have. Nobody's going to be able to pick that back up, you know, there. And I could have left it at a time that it would totally have died. 
falling apart. Same thing. Pastor Mark could say, wow, look what we've done. Baby, we've been here three years now. Wow, you know, look at the extra people we had. Okay, you know, let's go to Texas. Outside of God's will, outside of His purpose, yet people could get discouraged, hurt, because if He's out, then you're definitely going to get hurt. And then you've got to deal with your hurt that some may not be able to overcome. And the next thing you know, now it's falling apart. And what are we going to stand? Now, Lord, I started that church. And the Lord said, but you didn't finish with that church. Because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Now, you've got to get started. But this is a process. Meaning, this is a daily growing in the things of God. And Jesus was born in the planet of a virgin, but would not do ministry outside the Spirit of God. Wouldn't do it. It wasn't good enough that he was born. Come on now. It isn't good enough that Jesus Christ is born in the earth. Because he had plenty of opportunity to die before the cross. Herod tried to kill the kids right out the gate. They had the, uh, an angel had to go to uh, uh, Joseph and says, "Get your wife, get your boy, and y'all go to Egypt now." And he was there for a few years and said, "Okay, the threat of his life is done. Now you can come back." But then when Jesus began to do ministry, they tried to kill him, and he would slip through the mist. Why? Because it wasn't his time. Jesus could say, "Well, I just die. Go." I'll just die here. You know, the father said, well, Herod, just go ahead and kill him and we'll be done with this deal. No, there's a purpose. There's an assignment. There's, I can't kill Jesus now. He's got to demonstrate some things. He's got to learn who he is. He's got to operate in the power of God. He's got something that he needs to leave on the planet so that we can say, man, look what Jesus did. Look what was documented about him. Look at this life. And it draws us by the spirit. We can't even come to God unless the spirit draws us. And now that we're drawn and we've made an allegiance to Jesus Christ, we made him our Lord. We said, I believe that you died on the cross and rose from the grave. I'm making you Lord of my life. Now, coming to, you're, you're filling me up. You're taking this old spirit and, and causing it to die and putting a new spirit in me and then causing your spirit to bear witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. Why would he be in there if it's only just to say, well, at least when you die, you're going to go to heaven? No, he's there to teach you. He's there to instruct you. He's there to guide you. He's there to show you things. Things that aren't even going to hadn't even manifest yet. He's there to help keep you out of harm's way, or when harm comes, how to get through it. So we got to become proficient with the Spirit of God, and for demonstrations to manifest, you got to be hearing. Got to be hearing. It's more than just coming in here and Pastor Mark teach out of Scripture. It's about you becoming personally acquainted with Jehovah, with God, with His Spirit. That you can hear daily, day in and day out, spending time with him. Because he's going to direct you to your purpose. See, John 4, 23 and 24 says, But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. You understand what Chase was doing up here? That's not worship just because he's playing a guitar and singing song. That's not worship. You can turn to any radio station and hear that. The worship to God is, is your spirit man connected to the spirit and the words that he's saying, or does it glorify him? And are you connected with that? Not that I'm just singing. A lot of people are in churches singing songs, but are nowhere connected. Amen. We've got to have a heart's drive. Our spirit man needs to connect with the spirit of God. Why? Because he has a purpose and plan for us. 
Matthew 10, start, starting in verse 1, it said, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind um, of disease and every kind of sickness. Then jump down to verse 5. These 12, Jesus sent out and instructed them, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter the city of the Samaritans, but go, uh, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you receive freely. And notice, they couldn't go anywhere they wanted to. We know God desires that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. But you just can't go anywhere you want to. I know for us specifically in St. Augustine that the Lord said most of our influence in missions would be any nation that touches the Caribbean. So that's my focus. That doesn't mean I wouldn't go to other parts of the world, but I'm going to be more apt to be hitting there and going in more there. I actually met with um, Pastor Ken, who's going to be ministering in our Full Force Kingdom Conference in April. His dad, who started uh, uh, their church in the Virgin Islands. Well, that's touching the Caribbean. I've got a call there. I know this. I need to meet this man. So I do. We're having a conversation. And, and through that conversation and us talking, he says, man, we need to get you in the Virgin Islands. We need to get you there. And I'm thinking, amen, you're right, because the Lord has said that. Then he says, now, I go to Japan quite a bit, too. He says, you know, if you'd like to, I'll take you to Japan. Well, Japan's fine, but I, don't, I want to go to the Virgin Islands. Now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't go to Japan, but I'm going to go to Virgin Islands. I want to go there first. You know, I want to work that first. Now, the Lord says, I need you to go to Japan so y'all can have some conversation and can, I can continue to knit your relationship. That, that, that way I can open up the Caribbean to you through his influence. Then fine, I'll do that. But my intent is to get in the Caribbean. That's where I want to be. That's where that focus is. If I'm doing something outside of St. Augustine, I want to be in those places more than any place. That's why we have a place planted in Puerto Rico. That's why we do ministry in Nicaragua at this point, and we're always listening, listening. Pastor Marcy met with a lady when we went to Winter Bible uh, in Tulsa, and she was originally from the Virgin Islands and knows some other pastors in a couple of different islands. So we gave her the card and said, I'm going to email. I'm going to get you connected. I'm thinking, praise God, we need to get connected because God's got to work. And then she said this. She said, most people forget the islands. They forget it because of the tourism, you know, and there's people, there are churches, but they're not trained. They need someone to come in and train. They desperately need it. And I think, thank you, God, you're sending us. You're sending us. You know how easy it is, even from Valdosta, to pop down to the Caribbean? You know how easy it is that as you grow in the things of God that we could send you to one of the kingdom institutes down there and you teach a class on a weekend? You get vacation. Right? I mean, go ahead and take a vacation a few days in the Caribbean and then do something for the king and he'd multiply stuff for you. Wow. Amen. So there's this purpose. When you do this purpose, then demonstrations start taking place. Jesus is not the only one who can demonstrate his kingdom. We can. Luke chapter 10 says this, verse 1. Now after this, the Lord appointed 70 uh, others and sent them in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. Now jump down to verse 8. Whatever city you enter and, and they receive you, eat what is set before you and heal those in it who are sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. You see this demonstration? 
And he's taking people going into places. They're meeting with people. They're spending time. Just think about you. The Lord has sent you to your place of employment. Or if you own a business, he has assigned people to be employed that you have made as employees that you get to influence and demonstrate the kingdom as you hear the Spirit of God. And it should demonstrate. You come to work, you own a business, and one of your employees call and say, Hey, I'm sick. I'm not going to be able to make it. Why don't you come on in and let me pray for you? Right? I mean, if it's about being healed, and you can lay hands on the sick, those who believe will lay hands on the sick, and the Holy Spirit says, tell them to come, or you know what, tell them, you're going to come over to the house and check in on them. So you go over, you lay hands, they feel great. Guess what? They can continue to do what they need to do. You need them to do something, and they're no longer laying around sick, you know, and struggling. Amen. These are demonstrations that God wants to do. When you're called according to His purpose, He wants to use you mightily. Amen. He uses the 70 to do these things. Then you jump down to verse 17. The 70 come back and they say, Lord, the demons are subject to us in our name, in your name. And look what Jesus said. And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over, uh, uh, over the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice. What are you doing? Rejoicing that your names are recorded in heaven. Notice this. Rejoice that you are in his kingdom. Rejoice that he's able to demonstrate the kingdom through you. Rejoice that the spirit of God is using you on the earth. Everybody wants to be used by God. Seriously. Everyone wants to. Everyone wants to. But we got to understand this. When the manifestation of the Spirit comes, it's because of God, not us. I don't want to hinder God from doing something. I want to yield to Him and let Him do something through me. And I'm telling you, the world is looking for expressions of God. Turn over to Acts chapter 1. They're looking. Again, the bumper sticker. Imperfect then, you know, come to the church. You'll fit right in. And the world themselves are already struggle with that statement. Well, you know, what really, what good is it that you go through all this heartache, trouble, trial, just, it's just be bad. You can't get control of your emotions. I mean, life just totally stinks in Christ or out. I mean, I would totally believe. Wait till I get ready to die. And then do it, because he ain't going to help me while I'm here. But that's a lie. Because the truth is, he wants to manifest his kingdom through you by the Spirit. You can overcome in this life. In this life, you can overcome. Look what he says. To these, he also presented himself alive after his suffering with many convincing proofs, appearing over a period of 40 days and speaking of things concerning the kingdom of God. Verse 4, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse 5, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus doesn't even want his disciples, and I'm talking about the 500 he presented himself. He does not want them doing anything until they get full of the Holy Ghost. Now, they've received the Spirit of God because in John, he's breathed on them to receive that. But we're talking about the promise. Jesus himself said in John um, chapter um, 16, he said, it's more profitable that I leave. Because if I leave, he comes. 
Because the whole goal was about getting God back in you and on you to do the work that He assigns to you. So that nothing can stand in your way to accomplish His purpose. I want to leave this with you right here. Listen. No one can stop you. No one. Uh, No devil in hell can stop you. The person sitting to your right or left can stop you. A pastor of a church can't stop you. Your job cannot stop you from accomplishing God's purpose, will, and intent. The only person who can stop you from accomplishing God's perfect will and intent is you. Is you. Pastor Mark cannot say, no, I don't need you. To, I don't want you to hear from the Spirit of God. You know, you, you, you're hearing too much. He cannot do that and would not. Because you understand when the Spirit of God's moving, it's about unity. It's about love. It's about connecting us. It's about selflessness. We get lost. And we're found in Him. As John said, I must decrease and He must what would the church look like when you showed up and nobody really knew anyone other than they just all looked like Jesus? Well, it wasn't as important who the senior pastor is as much as it is that this church, these people, when they pray, God answers. These people, when you get, if you're sick, you get healed. These people here, man, these people love God. doesn't matter what you look like on the outside. And they can live a way that's above the world, and I want to come out of that. I'm telling you, the world's looking for the place that can actually do it. Because when they go to the places that are broke as they are, yet saying, when I die, I go to heaven, it's not real appealing. Now, it can produce a big crowd sometimes. But you understand, this is not about crowds. This is about demonstrations of God's Spirit. Amen? Jesus had crowds through His demonstrations. But when all they wanted was His miracles and not His Word... Then the crowds left, and he wasn't even preaching to them. The intent is that you grow personally in the things of God. This is why the Spirit of God's been given to you. So, we see here, he says, listen, you need to hang out to the Spirit. Now, here it is, verse 8. But you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and even the remotest parts of the earth. Who said this? Jesus said this. Jesus understood if you're going to have the greatest demonstrations of the kingdom manifest through you, you need to be empowered by the Spirit. Period. You need to have the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God in our lives because that's who's building the church. I love paint and I love carpet, especially when it's free like this. When we get divine connections. But carpet and paint don't change people's lives. It may not hinder a person from saying, wow, that's, it may help them walk in a place, but what they need is the Spirit. And I believe that there's a demonstration, a wave of the Spirit of God that's ready to flow through Valdosta. I believe that. I believe that there's a wave of the Spirit of God that wants to flow through and confirm the Word. 
I believe that there are sick people that are going to start manifesting here and by unction. Listen, I'm not talking about waiting till Pastor Mark uh, says, hey, if anybody's not feeling well, if you're sick, come down. We're going to lay hands on you and you're going to be healed, though they'll do that. I believe that there's coming a wave that you're going to be so acquainted with the Spirit of God that you're going to stand here and you're going to open this door as a greeter. And you'll say, how are you doing? You're going to realize in the Spirit something ain't right. You say, are you not feeling well today? And they're going to say, yeah, no, I'm not. Been. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I know that pollen's coming around and people are having allergies. But, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just rebuke this allergy off this person's life in Jesus' name. I command healing into them. By your stripes, they've been made whole and obedient to your word. I command healing to go into their body. Now, here's this. It's not your work. It's his work working through you. You don't have to be concerned whether it's working or not because God's going to have his word work. No, well, what if it doesn't work? I'm going to look embarrassed. It ain't about you. It's about him. Just follow what he says. I believe that. God is moving more by a spirit today than he's ever moved. And if you'll be hungry for it. Pastor Mark called me and said, hey, we're doing morning prayer at 6 a.m. And I thought, well, praise God. Now, you know, I don't tell him how to do things here. Because he's the man assigned to this city. Now, I have a level of oversight. We stay connected. Iron sharpens iron. You know, I'm there for him. We talk consistently. But ultimately, I'm not telling him what to do because he's been placed here. And so now God's saying, hey, let's go to this level now. And you want to be here at 6 a.m. and pray because it's not that your more prayer life did something. It's the obedience to do what he's saying. Because in St. Augustine, you know what the Lord said to us? He said, pray every day. Every day. Well, I pray every day. He said, no, open the church. So we do Monday through Saturday, 6 a.m. Every day. Now, I'm not always there. But someone in the church. Why? Because it ain't about me. Though I do go more often than not. But what? It's about obedience. It's about seeking God. You know, in our last year, the Lord spoke to us and says, I need you to do a fresh oil service. It's the first Friday um, night um, of the month and then the following Saturday, you know, the next, the next day. That was what God, why? He said, I need you to learn how to hear my spirit. The people that are with, they need to hear how to flow with the spirit. Why? It's not just about being in church. It's about being in your work. And I've got people coming up and say, I was working with so-and-so and I laid hands on them and they got healed. I was working with so-and-so and I was talking to them about the things. And all of a sudden, it's like all these scriptures just came back to me and I was able to share them all. See, they ended up talking to them and the Holy Spirit was causing all things to come to their room. Why? You can't do it without the Spirit of God. You cannot do it. People are getting promoted. People are walking in, in different things. Why? Because they're hearing the Spirit and it's being demonstrated. I got a lady in our church that works for the preschool. She went down and she was believing God for a new car. Okay? She had, she's a single parent. She stood for her husband. And he walked out on God. Divorced her. She's got a little child. She just stayed connected with God. Just pressed in. And she's got a car, you know, it ain't the greatest thing on the face of the planet. I can tell you that right now. In fact, the whole front end was ripped off of it. Well, someone bought her a front. Then, the craziest thing happened. We call it crazy, but this is just how God is when you're faithful. 
she got a call from someone in the body. Said, meet me down at this dealership. So she drove down. They said they traded into her car and they are making the payments on her new car. They position themselves that I'm going to pay for yours. And she's driving a brand new one. Only God does these things. I have a couple in our church that are just flowing with the Spirit of God. And last year, this couple had a place down uh, in Palatka. And they were kind of a little over, you know, when the market went with the mortgages. But they had this impression, we've got to be in St. Augustine, closer to the church. They realized we missed it. We had an opportunity to come to St. Augustine years ago, right when we started to plant the church. But for fear of how much it costs to live there, they end up going somewhere else. And and started going to a, 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 never didn't know us anyway, but was going to a church and just kind of pulled away from God. Just really wasn't passionate. And this uh, wife said, uh, we've got to make a change. Her husband's in um, the military, and so he's been on multiple tours, you know, and she's taking care of the kids. She said, something's got to change. I know God better. We're, we've hit a block wall. We got So she started searching, and so she was looking for a Rama church because she was a Rama graduate herself and came to ours, and she said, man, that was it. Found this one here. Yeah, found us here because her brother actually lives here and was saying, I, you know, I've been thinking about this church, and all of a sudden, um, uh, it was when, actually when Pastor Brian was still here, and his truck had the Anchor Faith logo all over the side. And she said, that's the one. That's the church. He goes, you mean you want to come up to Valentine? No, there's one in St. Augustine. So, oh, okay, I know who that person is. Showed up. And all the things started stirring back. The Lord said, you're not talking enough. You're not confessing your faith enough. You're not declaring things. So they started going into their house, calling it sold. They sold the house for less than it was worth to another pastor, actually. They let that go, and they took that extra debt with them. Bought a home, but she was declaring that we're going to be debt-free. I'm, listen, this will blow you away. 12-13, this took place. 2013, I mean, 2013. Sold the house. Bought a house in... St. Augustine. Well, there had been some land that they had through a loved one that had passed away for years had it. All of a sudden, someone wanted to buy it. Well, there, there's a closing date, some things. In fact, they had a little negotiation. They were like, we're not going to do that. So they, it seemed like it fell apart. And they said, you know, a few months later, came back and said they'll do what they asked. Well, then they're trying to get some things that's taking forever. The Lord says, this is taking too long. Call that, you know, land done. She, she said, Lord, I can't do it. This is on this individual. They need to sell. He said, then call her stuff sold. So she started calling their stuff sold. And it sold, got hers sold. And they paid off the house they just bought in St. Augustine. They are completely debt-free. And this didn't happen because they're special. Guys, this didn't happen because they're special. This happened because they got in their purpose. They've come to me on more than one case and says, this is where we belong. This is our, our purpose is to be here. Our fit is to do this.
And God began to cause all these things. And if he'll do it for them and those two people I just talked about, and I could give you way more testimonies than this, guys. Guess what? He's happening for Valdosta. It is a demonstration of the Spirit. We've got a desire and an an earnestly desire and hunger and thirst for the things of God. And when we do, I'm telling you, He'll never let us down. Why? His Word will not return unto Him void. It shall accomplish that which it was sent. So these things that you're hearing from Pastor Mark, it's life. You live it. You stand on it. You don't let nothing distract you. And I'm telling you, there'll be a demonstration of the Spirit. And people are coming out of this world system and getting into how the kingdom operates and is demonstrating. I've got a business owner that was going through some massive financial issues along with physical issues. The devil tried to kill him for the last three years. That's all it's been. Just tried to kill the man. Run him in the... But he has stood on God's word and he's overcome every physical challenge and his business has overcome where once he operated in debt. Now, he I mean, he has a corporation that makes millions of dollars. Okay, I mean, it flows through them. And now he pays cash for his stuff. Because he said, God, I'm going to make a demand on your word to work. That I'm getting out of this system that the world does. And God is showing it. Demonstrate. People, how are you still in business? How can, based upon what you've gone through, how could. It's a demonstration of the Spirit of God. It's not in persuasive words of wisdom, but it's in trusting in God's Word, following the Holy Ghost in everything we do. And that Spirit lives in you. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Amen? If we do this, we'll see something great take place. Amen? Let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you so much for this body, for this ministry. And Father, I thank you for this joy. The Spirit has a joy with it. Joy is attached to the purpose of God for our lives. And Father, no matter what trial or tribulation we go through, and we know we're in God's purpose, we can smile, we can laugh, we can have joy. We have joy for the joy set before Jesus. He endured a cross. The joy set before us is this purpose, this intent you have for our lives. And when we walk into this assignment, no matter what would come against us, if God be for us, who can be against us? Father, I thank you. No weapon formed against the church can prosper. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that's alive in us. I thank you for the work that's being done here in Valdosta. And Father, I declare and decree in the name of Jesus for increase this year. I declare, I decree in the name of Jesus for a season of increase to manifest in Valdosta through this ministry. Father, I thank you, Lord, that when this transition comes, that they are led by the Spirit where to go. And people don't get lost during the transition, but they'll stay connected. They'll bring their supply. They'll bring their fit. They'll go to the next place where you can enlarge them because it's a season of increase. 
Father, I thank you for this increase that is in this town for such a time as this. Not just increase in numbers, but an increase of the manifestation of your spirit through demonstrations in your body. And Father, what's taken us 10 years in St. Augustine, it will take less time in Valdosta. And I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that you're bringing increase in its season to this church. And we honor and praise you for it. In the name of Jesus, and all God's people said, Amen.